Mark, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Would you put the slide, the very first slide from Living Hope back up just a second before we look at God's Word this morning? I want you to notice something uh, is important that Steve shared uh, about Living Hope. He also mentioned something that I just want to point out and highlight, that there's such thing as false hope. And so I just want you to look for a second at the lyrics of what we sang a moment ago. I want to look at this for a second. We're going to pray. We're going to have a prayer time. We're going to pray and give God thanks for the men and women who've given their life to provide freedom for us. We're also going to spend some time praying for those of you or our extended friends and family who have lost loved ones in war. Uh, and, And these are the men and women for which we celebrate Memorial Day to remember that those lives were not wasted. They were given in order to protect our freedom. We're going to pray in just a couple of minutes about that and over that. But I want you to see these these uh, lyrics. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain that I could not climb. There is There is no way for us to read the Bible in any other way except for to understand that clearly the Scripture teaches that without Christ... We are separated from God the Father. And I think that it is so important. And on a practical level, I just think that the closer we get to God before we open His Word this morning, the better off the message is going to be. But just in for eternity, I think it's important for us to understand what side of the chasm are we on this morning. So I just wanted Mark to put put that lyric up again for you to look at that for a second and ask yourself this eternally significant question. Am I close or am I far from God? Would you think about that for a second? Am I close or am I far from God? Now, some of you uh, may have false hope, but some of you may be thinking this morning, well, I am far from God because I had a bad morning. My coffee maker didn't work, right? Or maybe you have kids and your kids were fighting this morning on the way to church. You know how that goes where you're fighting in the car and then you open the car and you're all smiles. Hey, God bless you. You know, everything's fine. And maybe you're having a hard morning this morning and you would say, no, I feel far from God. No, my friend, that is not far from God. That is having a bad morning. That is having a bad morning. There are people who if they died today, they would spend eternity separate from God. That is far from God. And far be it from us to ever release you back out into the world without inviting you to come to Christ. And it's strange this morning, I realize, usually we do this on the back end of the message. But those lyrics are so powerful. How great a chasm that lay between us. Have you trusted Jesus? Are you near to God? Are you struggling this morning? Because you know that you're far from God and you need to take a step of faith. I'm inviting you to do that this morning. Let's pray together. I want to pray for you. And then I want for us to give God thanks for the reason that we observe Memorial Day as well. And then we'll open the word of God. But for those of you sitting here this morning that you know that you're far from God. My prayer over you this morning is that. In a great step of faith this morning, you would say, I don't just believe in Jesus. I want to follow him. I want his cross to speak into my life. 
I want his blood to save me. I want his resurrection to empower me to live for him. So Lord, this morning, I pray for the people who are here. And first, I pray for the ones who maybe did have a bad morning. Maybe things are stacked up against them this morning and maybe things are not going right and maybe they are struggling and they walked in here in a mood. And I'm just praying that your spirit would change them even this morning. That worship, that prayer, that the word of God would just speak into their hearts. But we together especially pray for those who are here this morning that need to take a step out from intellectual belief in you and really begin walking with you, God. I pray that whatever is holding them back that you would remove. I pray that they would have the courage to surrender the lordship of their life out of their hands and place it at your feet, O Lord. I pray that you will give them the the courage in their heart that they need to step out and to trust you as their Lord and Savior. We do take a moment, Father, to remember and to acknowledge Memorial Day. It's hard to say, Lord, that we celebrate it because it is a moment of remembrance. And we pray for the families that are sitting in here right now in this, in this worship center, thinking about faces and thinking about names of family members that have died at war. We pray that your spirit would comfort them. We pray that in a very miraculous way that you would touch their heart in a special way this morning. And so, Lord, we intercede for them, but we also thank you that those brave men and women lived and had the courage to go and fight for our freedom. And so we, we thank you. We thank you for their sacrifice. And together, as a church family, we pray so hard for those who are remembering a deceased loved one that died at war. Bless them today, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we are in week three of a sermon series called Powerful Women of the Bible. Somebody asked me the other day, what's been the biggest challenge in putting together this sermon series, Powerful Women of the Bible, and without hesitation, the easiest challenge that I've had is which ones to include in a three-week sermon series because there's so many. But this morning we picked one, and this is Esther. So this is a challenge this morning for us to really walk through because Esther's like 10 chapters uh, and we're, we have 30 minutes or 35 minutes or 45 if the preacher goes a little too long today. You know, we don't, we don't have enough time to really go through all of the chapters, but we're going to try to zero in on chapter four because chapter four holds some lessons for us that I think are really important. And not only are they lessons for us to learn from, but these, the, the, these lessons are going to illuminate for us some principles that I believe if we can 
not only cerebrally learn them, but figure out a way to apply them to our own life, we will be better followers of the Lord Jesus and not just leave here a little bit educated, but leave here a little bit transformed because of the witness, uh, because of the integrity, because of the character of Esther. And so that's really my prayer. I don't know that for those of you who grew up in the church, I'm going to teach you anything new. Now, if you're new to the faith, you may be struggling to find Esther. And if so, that's perfectly fine. Uh, and, and so this may be a new message for you. And Esther may be a new character for you. And if that's the case, you're in for a treat. Because Esther, it would be hard to uh, overemphasize the important place that she plays in the Old Testament and then as it, following into the New Testament. Last week, we studied a young lady named Abigail. And Abigail was a, a person, a very powerful woman in the Bible because God used her literally to save her family. And so what we've done this morning by looking at Esther is we've looked at how God used Abigail and we've intensified it because not only does Esther save a household or a family, she's actually responsible for being the person that God used and worked through in order to save an entire race or ethnicity of people that we would called the Hebrews, the Jewish people. And so there's even a, a, a feast, that one of the main feasts that carry over from the Old Testament into uh, Second Temple Judaism stems out of the work of Esther. So uh, this may be new information from you, but from listening to me, you could probably can understand and gather that Esther was a very important woman in the Bible. So Esther chapter 4, uh, this morning is the chapter that we're going to be looking at. And if you have your bulletin, you see that we're going to learn four lessons from Esther. We're going to learn something about Esther remaining, something about her refusing, something about her realizing, and something that she relied on. And so that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. And I'm just going to start reading through in Esther chapter 4. And then we're going to stop uh, maybe around uh, verse 6. And we're just going to begin to start filling in these blanks and letting God's Word teach us. And, and illuminate for us some really important truths that are not only interesting about Esther, but will help you in your walk with God. All right, so Esther chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. When Mordecai, Mordecai is a very important man in Esther's life, one of her relatives, and Mordecai is a key reason that Esther is where she is. Now, if, if you don't have the background of Esther, you wouldn't know this just by jumping into chapter 4. So let me just share with you as I introduce Mordecai. Let me introduce to you Esther's situation. Uh, Esther... Uh, grew up in Mordecai's care, but she no longer lives at Mordecai's home. In fact, she now is the queen. She has married the king, and in a very important way, God has promoted her from where she was to where she is now, which is living in royalty. I mean, this is an incredible story about how this late uh, Esther uh, is born and lives under Mordecai's care, and through some interesting turn of events that are in chapter 1 and chapter 2, all of a sudden, Esther finds herself living among royalty. Now, when Mordecai learned what had been done. Here's what's been done. There has been a plan that has not only been devised, but set into motion to exterminate the Jewish people. Somebody close to the king has organized, 
has brainstormed and has put into effect and put into place a plan to not just take out a couple of the, the Jewish people in the town, not, not just to assault them, not just to persecute them, but this man has put together and put in place an entire system to exterminate all of them. Now, Mordecai has discovered this plan because it's well known at this point. Now, uh, Esther chapter 4, when, when Mordecai learned what had been done, he tore his clothes and he put on sackcloth and ashes and he went out into the midst of the city and he cried out with a loud and bitter cry. And he went up to the entrance of the king's gate for no one was allowed to enter the king's gate clothed in sackcloth. And in every province, wherever the king's command and his decree reached, there was a great mourning among the Jews with fasting and with weeping and with lamenting. And many of them lay in sackcloth and ashes. And when Esther's young women and her eunuchs came and told her, the queen was deeply distressed. And so she sent garments to clothe Mordecai so that he may take off his sackcloth. But he would not accept them. Now let's stop there. And let's just look at some of these points that we have in our bulletin this morning. Specifically, at this point, we're ready to look at the first two. And so these are, again, these are lessons that Esther teach us. But they're more than just intellectual lessons. These are things that as we learn how to incorporate them to our own life, we're going to be able to serve and walk with God in a deeper and richer way. So you see, the first one has to do with the word remain. Specifically, Esther remained connected to her people even when God promoted her to a different season of life or even when God promoted her to a different place in life. So let me paint this picture for you because we jump in in chapter 4 and three chapters have already happened so it can be difficult to really catch up. Here's what's happened. Esther grew up among the Hebrew people. She grew up among the Jewish people. She had Jewish relationships. She was a Jewish person. She worshipped the Hebrew God, the God of the Old Testament, the one true living God. And all of a sudden she finds herself among royalty. And she's living among people that she's never lived among before. And she's having to figure out how to live her life now that she's not connected to on an intimate and daily basis with the people that she grew up with. Well, one of the things that I want you to see about Esther that is really important as this story unfolds where she basically saves the Hebrew people is that she never, she never allowed herself to sever her relationship with God's family. In fact, if you were to go back and look in chapter 2, you would see that every day Mordecai would come through and check in and make sure that Queen Esther was doing well. You see, they remained connected even when Esther moved on into a new season of life and even when Esther moved on into a new place in life. Now, how does that possibly connect with us today? Probably there's nobody in royalty sitting here today. But isn't it true that even though we may not say that we are royalty, we still get moved by God, don't we? From one season of life to another, and one place to another, and one new experience to another. 
Let me explain to you how I think this is relevant for us. Some of you are here and you're in business and you're excited about what the next season of your career may hold. And sooner or later, because you're good at what you do, you're going to be forced with a decision. Do I accept the raise or do I appreciate where I'm at and say thank you but I'm really happy with where I am. You're going, to be, you're going to be forced to make a decision. And you know, sometimes when we look at something, it looks like a blessing. Let's just think about a raise. Is it really a blessing to get a raise and a little bit more money if what that means is that you don't get to connect with your brothers and sisters in Christ anymore. You get ripped out of your small group or you're working on Sunday mornings now. Now I'm not talking about to make it because sometimes... You have been in positions where you have to work on Sundays because that is how you feed your family. And please understand, Pastor Zach is not up here taking swings at people who work on Sunday. There are godly people at the fellowship who do that. But what I'm asking you to think about is, is it, is it a blessing to step into a new season if it rips you out from the people of God? Now let's move away from the business people and the people in the workforce because right now maybe the students' eyes are rolling in the back of their head. They're thinking, I'm not in business. I'm trying to graduate high school, right? And, and I don't know what you're talking about, Pastor Zach. Okay, let me talk to you students. In just a little while, you're going to graduate high school. You're going to hear that chorus. Hallelujah. And then you're going to have to make an important decision. After you decide, am I going to go to college? Am I going to go to the workforce? You're going to have to decide in your new season of life, do you stay connected to your church family? Or do you distance yourself? You see, here's what I want you to see about Esther. Is that even when God took her and put her in the castle... She still stayed connected to God's people. I think that is a principle that is so important. And you may be sitting here thinking, "Why, Pastor Zach, why is that so important? You know, you wouldn't be the first to wonder that. You wouldn't be the first person to say, why is hanging out with God's people so important? Why is spending time with God's people so important? Why is fellowshipping with God's people so important? Why is showing up for worship on a Sunday morning so important? There's a hundred other more fun things to do, you may be thinking, than listening to Pastor Zach. Worshiping and praying with God's people. There was an old country preacher, and he had noticed that one of the people in the congregation had really stopped coming. And so he got in his pickup truck, and he drove out to see him on the ranch. And it was getting a little dusk, and uh, getting a little dark, and he got there about the time uh, when the sun was setting. And so he went up and to see his friend that hadn't been to church in a while, and his friend had started a fire. So there was a little fire there. And so he just came and he sat down next to him. And he didn't say anything. And the man who had stopped coming to church said, Well, preach. That's what he called him, preach. Well, preach. I guess you're here to find out why I haven't been at church. And preacher didn't say anything. We just looked at him, you know. He said, Well, I'll tell you why. 
It's really not necessary for a person to go to church in order to have a relationship with God. I have my Bible and I can read it at home. And I can turn on the radio and hear whatever type of Christian music I want to. If I want to hear the hymns, I can find the hymns. If I want to hear that music with drums, I can find that. It's just really not necessary anymore in today's world of technology for me to come to church. I can be just as strong of a Christian without coming to church as I can coming to church. And old preach, that wasn't his first rodeo. So he just nodded. And the the guy says, well, what do you think about that preach? He didn't answer him. He just took those fire poker and he poked around in the fire for a second till he got a piece of coal that was red hot and he moved it away from the fire. He didn't say a word. He sat there for 15 minutes while that piece of coal faded and lost the ember, quit smoking, and finally lost all heat. And he looked over at the man And he said, I understand what you're saying, preach. You see, Esther had the character to be promoted in her season of life to something she never would have dreamed of. But she remained connected to the people of God. Hey, if you have to work on Sunday, work as to the Lord. Work as to the Lord. We have home groups. We have Bible studies. There's so many different ways to connect to people. But listen, here's my plea with you. Please understand the importance. Whether you're in the workforce or in school, please understand the importance of staying connected to the people of God. Esther teaches us that lesson. Even when she had everything she could materially materialistic ever wanted she still stayed connected Mordecai still came by on a daily basis she still sent word to find out what was going on she remained connected to God's people the second thing that she does is she refused to ignore other people's pain I think that's an important lesson for us to see Again, we have to keep in mind and put in context where Esther has come from and where she is now. How easy it would have been for her to say, oh, that's too bad. You know, we do sometimes when we hear something that's a little disruptive to us, but it's so uncomfortable that we just want to acknowledge it and move on. We say things like, oh, that's too bad. You know, we, 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 we distance ourselves sometimes from the pain of other people because we're dealing with our own pain. We're struggling through the things that have our hearts all tied in knots. And we've got these things going on in our minds and in our brains and we're struggling through trying to figure out our own way. And we don't have the emotional bandwidth to deal with the problems of other people. And so we things, say things like, oh, that's too bad. That's not what Esther did. In fact, the scripture, let's go back to Esther chapter 4, if you will, and look with me in verse 4. It says, when Esther's young women 
And her eunuchs came and told her. Do you know why they had to come and tell her? Because she was removed from the situation. She had to be told what was happening because it wasn't happening to her. She had made it into the royal palace quite literally. And so while the news is ripping through all of the Hebrew people that there is this plan to exterminate the Hebrew people, she had to be told. That's how easy it would have been for her to dismiss this and to walk away from this bad news and say, oh, that's too bad. But here's what happened when, when she was told, when the queen was told what was happening, the scripture says she was deeply distressed. And she was so distressed that she tried to do, she tried in her own power, she tried to do something to alleviate that. Now what she did would not work. Because what the scripture says here in verse 4, it says that she sent garments to clothe Mordecai so that he may take off his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. You see, Esther made, uh, although God used her in great ways, she made a small mistake here. She thought that masking the pain would take it away. And Mordecai's in grief. He's weeping. He's fasting and he's lamenting. He's wearing sackcloth. He's put ashes. This is an external demonstration of grief. And she thinks, if I can get him some new clothes, maybe this problem will go away. And she had to wake up to the reality that she wasn't able to fix this with a new pair of clothes. But she leaned in in the moment and she did not. And she refused to ignore his pain. I think about the gospel when I think about this. Because if you start in the Old Testament in Genesis, and you read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and I, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, you keep going. Then you get to Malachi and jump into the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you keep going. Here's what you discover. That God himself refuses to ignore the suffering of people. And we see it in Esther's life. And that's an important thing for us to see because it teaches us that, that we too can care and love people enough to notice what's happening in their life, to care about them, to take steps to try to resolve that, to partner with them and to love them and to walk with them towards health, towards healing. But even God of heaven sees and cares about the struggles that we face. I think that's an important thing for us to realize this morning, specifically in our own personal lives. The stuff that I may be going through or my family may be going through, God cares about that. The things that you're going through, God cares about that. That is an incredibly important point for us to see. Now, Esther cares so much that she's trying to do something for Mordecai, like send him new clothes. Look back with me in in verse 4. She sent garments to clothe Mordecai so that he might take off his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. And so 
If we continue to read, and I'm just going to read uh, verses 5 through the end of the chapter, and then we'll look at these last two points that we have this morning. But it says, Then Esther called for Hathak, one of the king's eunuchs who had been appointed to a tender, and he ordered him to go to Mordecai to learn what this was and why it was. And so he went out to Mordecai in the open square to the city in front of the king's gate, and Mordecai told him everything that had happened. He told him about the plan. He told him about the exact sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasuries for the destruction of the Jews. And Mordecai also gave him a copy of the written decree issued from Susa for their destruction that he may show it to Esther and explain it to her and command her to go to the king and to beg for his favor and to plead with him on behalf of her people. And so he went and he told Esther what Mordecai had said. And then Esther spoke to Hathak and commanded him to go to Mordecai and say, and here's something that's really important because it raises the stakes of what's happening. I want you to notice this in verse 11. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, without being invited, without being summoned, there is but one law and that is to be put to death except If the Lord should hold out the golden scepter so that he may live. But as for me, Mordecai, I have not been called to come into the king these 30 days. Imagine, we'll stop there. Imagine the knots that must have been in Esther's stomach. Mordecai, the uncle that she loves, begging her, go to the king. Tell him what's happening. Beg for the life of the Hebrew people. And she's sending word back to him. Oh, Mordecai, you don't understand. No one, not even the queen, goes into the king's presence unless summoned. So what does she do? She sends word back to Mordecai. Mordecai, this is a bigger problem than you think. This is a big deal. Mordecai sends word back. Let's keep looking at the scripture. It says, they told Mordecai what Esther had said. If you just look back, we're in verse 12. They told Mordecai what Esther said. Then Mordecai told them, then reply to Esther, don't think that yourself in the king's palace you will escape any more than all of the other Jews. So what's he saying to her? Your location can't separate you from your identity. Let that sink in. Your location cannot separate you from your identity. For if you keep silent at this time, listen to the courage of Mordecai speaking to the queen. If if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. You see, he knows He knows who his God is. Now, if you keep silent, Esther, trust me when I tell you, God will do something. But don't think that because you're in the palace, you're no longer one of us. Because your location doesn't change your identity. And God is strong enough. He can work through anybody. Deliverance will rise from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows? And 
if you know one sentence from Esther, friends, this is it, all right? This is the one. If you know one verse from the book of Esther, here, is, here it is. And who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Have you ever heard that phrase? For such a time as this, you got your raise, you got your promotion, you were put in this town, you were put in this city, you were put on this earth. This is where it comes from. Mordecai sending word to Esther. Esther, how do you know that God didn't raise you up for this very moment in the kingdom? And on this planet, for you to be the one who steps in front of the king and says, Oh, king, long live the king. Glory be to the king. You have to stop this, oh, king. This is wickedness. This is unrighteousness. And Mordecai is reminding Esther of a couple of things. Of who she is. Of who God is. And that God has a plan for her life. Isn't that that three things that we all need to hear on a regular basis? Who we are, who God is, and that God has a plan for our life. Can I just remind you of that? Can I put a pause on Esther and step out of the sermon for a second and just speak to you for a second? And remind you of who you are and who God is and that he has an incredible plan for your life. Now, the whole existence of an entire people group or ethnicity may not be riding on your shoulders today, but you may have some important things weighing on you. It may have to do with your family. It may have to do with your job. There's all kinds of things that you may be thinking through and praying through right now. But can I just play the role of Mordecai and remind you of who you are in Christ and how powerful the God of heaven is and and remind you that God has a plan for your life. Maybe that's what you need to hear this morning and I'm happy to supply it. God is huge. You're important and he wants to do something in your life. Now that's what Mordecai says to Esther. Maybe you've been raised up for such a time as this. And let's look at verse 16 and 17. Let's look at verse 15, 16 and 17. And then we'll wrap up the notes that we have in our bulletin. It says that Esther told them to reply to Mordecai. Go gather all of the Jews to be found in Susa. She said, bring the family together. Get everybody together. Get them all together. Gather all the Jews to be found and hold a fast on my behalf. And do not eat or drink for three days or three nights. And I and my young staff, my young women, will also fast as you do. And then I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. And Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther had commanded him. Now, we're not going to get past that scripture this morning. And if you need the end of the story to be able to sleep tonight, she does go to the king. And through some really interesting turns of events, God just does an amazing work. The people are saved. And God's justice is done. And you can read that in the the rest of the book of Esther. But here's what I do want you to catch out of the scriptures that we've looked at. Because we're, we, we've talked about two lessons from Esther's life. But I want you to see this third lesson. Esther realized that her blessing was for somebody else. The blessing that God put in her life was to be used to benefit other people. 
You see, God allowed her to become queen, not so that she could sit on the throne and eat ice cream all day, whatever queens eat. I don't know what queens eat, but whatever they're doing in that day and time, God didn't put her on the throne as the queen in order to just help her just have a great life and do whatever she wanted and live the life that she's always wanted and live the life of luxury and take trips and have vacations. No, God blessed her to bless other people. If you're a student of the Word, you'll remember what God said to Abram in Genesis chapter 12 when He said, I'm going to turn you into a great nation. He said, I'm going to turn you into a great nation, Abram. And the people that bless you, I will bless them. And the people that curse you, I will curse them. And I, the Lord your God, will bless you. And you will bless the nations. It has always been the intention of God that He bless His people so that they would scatter that blessing to the four corners of the earth. And we see that again in Esther's life. I'm going to put you in one of the most amazing places that you could possibly be placed. I'm going to bless you, Esther, so that you can bless others. You see that in the New Testament. The Scripture says that by the gift of the Spirit, each one of us has a gift. Right? Some of us are called to teach. Some of us are called to other areas, administration, gifts of mercy, gifts of service. All of these different types of gifts are given to us. We're give, we, we are blessed with gifts from God to serve other people. Esther realized that her blessing was given to her in, other, in order to bless others. I just want to ask you this question. How has God blessed you? And how are you stewarding the blessings that God has poured into your life? It may be time. It may be resources. But my question for you this morning, just like Esther realized that her blessing was to be used to serve and bless others, how are your blessings serving other people? That's an important question for us to ask the fourth thing that we learn is this Esther relied when she said okay I'm going to go before the king she relied on spiritual preparation and I just want to call your attention before we finish our note and close our bibles get ready to leave this morning I just want to call your attention look at verse 16 go gather the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf And do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. And I and my young women will do the same. Listen, I don't want to meddle in your life. But I'm going to to step out a little bit. And I want you to notice what Esther didn't say. She didn't say, let me go find out what my friends on social media think I should do. She went to the prayer closet. And she invited others with her. And I like to read books, and I think they're helpful. But she didn't go down to Barnes and Nobles to pick up the latest book off the shelf on what she should do. She went to the prayer closet, and she invited people to come with her. You see, what I'm trying to get at is that it's not wrong to be on social media, and it's not wrong to read books. 
But there are some things in life that you just need to spiritually prepare for and you need others to take that journey with you. She said, gather everyone and fast for three days. Now, can I just be a little humorous and a little real? I'd have to love somebody a whole lot to fast for three days for them. <laughs> Amen? But she, gathers, she says, we need to fast for three days. And she says this, I'm going in front of the king. And if I die, I die. Wow. Wow. Let me be like Esther. That I so much care about the suffering of people that I'm willing to step out of my comfort and put it all on the line and say, for you, O oh God, I'll do anything. I'll stand before the firing squad, I'll go before the king, and I'll walk across the street. May I be like Esther one day. And may you be like Esther one day. Then when important moments in her life came, the only way that she could prepare for it was to go through a season of prayer and fasting and to get herself ready to do what it is that God had called her to do. May God call the fellowship to such important work that the only possible way that we could be prepared for it is through prayer and fasting. May God call you to such an important work that the only way that you're prepared for it is through prayer and fasting. I made a joke about it, but I'll tell you seriously. I'll pray for you. I'll fast for you. That the God of heaven would, would expand his kingdom through you and do an incredible work through your life. Esther is an incredibly powerful woman of the Bible. One chapter we've studied this morning. And not even all of it. Pieces of it. And this is what we get from her life. Amazing woman of faith. That even when she's promoted, she still is in touch with what God is doing. And still passionate about what God is doing. May that be true of us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand as we close this morning? If in worship or prayer or through the teaching of God's Word or just something going on in your life that you'd like for somebody to pray with you about, then at the end of the service, over to your left, to my right, there's a prayer room that you're invited to go to and people will pray with you there. And before we pray and close, I just want you to know that it, there's a welcome center if you're a first-time guest. We welcome you. We're glad that you're here. We pray that you have felt loved, that you've experienced the presence of a risen God. Our testimony is that our God is not in the grave. He is living That's why we sing 
That's why we submit to his word, because he's a living God. But we're glad that you're here if you are a guest. And we hope that you'll visit the Welcome Center. But bow with me, if you would, before we have our closing blessing. And can I just ask you to think about who has been Mordecai in your life? Can you just think about that for a second before we dismiss? Who has played the role of Mordecai in your life? Stepped in at important moments of your life and spoke a word of truth. Reminded you of who you were. Reminded you of who God was. Reminded you that God has a plan for your life. Would you just take a second and thank God For the people in your life that have played the role of Mordecai. I know I've had a dozen that have fulfilled that role in my life. And I want to ask you if you'd make a commitment. To remain connected to God's people. And stay passionate about the things of God. For the adults who are here. That no matter what happens in your life. You'll remain committed to the Lord and to his people. Young students. I want to challenge you to make that commitment to the Lord. Whatever you do after high school. You go off to college. You go into the workforce. You're like Esther. You remain connected to your spiritual family. Lord, you have shaken us this morning with the life of Esther. So many verses, but it all boils down to loving you and loving your people. What a joy to be here today to worship. To remember Memorial Day with brothers and sisters in Christ. As we scatter and go do whatever it is that we're going to do with the remainder of the day. We just thank you for bold, courageous, passionate witnesses like Esther. And the Mordecai's in our life. That when we struggle, they're there with a prophetic voice to speak into our lives. And we close by asking us, by asking you to allow us to be Mordecai's for others. We love you, Lord Jesus. We pray in your name, O Lord Jesus. Amen.